Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. Everyone, welcome to The Roadmap, Benzinga's new NFT show. We've had some great interviews, some great NFT teams on past episodes. Pixel Vault, Artblocks, The Vogu Collective, Robotos, The Doge Pound, Oniforce, Crypto Dads, Dizzy Dragons, Lazy Lions, Supduck, and more. We also have done an NFT giveaway, and definitely stay tuned. We got more giveaways coming in the future. Today, we are going to dive into the world of music NFTs and talk to a musician to find out how the industry can change with NFTs. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned, everyone. This is The Roadmap. All right, everyone. Yeah, go ahead. Smash that like if you are in here watching now live. Subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel. And as you can see on the screen, our comments from the chat appear right there on the screen with this wonderful new layout we've got. So shout out to uh, to Dylan, to Dylan Mike in the chat there. And that's right. We've got an exciting interview coming up with Dill. So before we get into that, let me go ahead and bring on my co-host, Maz. Maz, what's going on, buddy? Yo, what's going on, Chris? How are we feeling today, man? Feeling good. You know, uh, again, we, we did a show yesterday. We talked a lot about Board Ape Yacht Club, right? And we talked about the resurgence of that project, the floor price rising, um, you know, but today we're going to we're going to go away from PFPs a little bit and we're going to talk about music NFTs. That's a topic you and I have touched on a little bit. But, you know, I, I think it's one of those areas I definitely want to learn more about because I think there's room for expansion there. Uh, what do you think about music NFTs, Maz? Yeah, I mean, we saw Timbaland, right? He launched an NFT this week, you know, correlating music and the apes. So I do think it's an untouched market. And I'm curious to see because music NFTs have more utility, you'd think, than uh, just a normal JPEG right off the right off the bat, right? So I'm curious to see how they're gonna get creative, and you know, I'm sure we'll see some cool things in the space. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, you you nailed it there. You know, Timbaland got one this week, and, and utility, right? We talk about th this with all these projects, right? How can you grow the community? And one of the ways is through having utility, right? And music, yeah, yeah I mean. It's a great place to start because there's already built-in utility with songs, with merch, with concerts. Um, you know, we've talked about Ticketmaster getting into NFTs, right, with your tickets. So definitely a exciting area. And what better place to start for today's interview? We have Dill joining us on the stream today. He's got over 240 million streams of his songs, and he recently launched the uh, NFT for the first ever crypto rap album so let's go ahead let's bring on dill dill what's going on welcome to the roadmap yo how's what's it up, going man? guys chris maz thanks for having me on uh i like a lot of what you guys just said great intro on music nfts we're gonna see a lot of real world use case and a lot of utility come with this for fans and collectors Definitely. So, Dill, before we dive into music NFTs, just wondering if you can give viewers, you know, uh, a little bit of history. Are you new to the NFT space or have you been an investor or holder of some of these uh, PFP NFTs along the way before you got into music NFTs? 
Uh, you had a good list, man. I love that list. You guys have built a really great show here. Uh, I hold a bunch of those communities you mentioned. Um, so I've gotten really big into the NFT space. I've been in the crypto space for five years. I first got in in 2016, and I've been in the music space for nearly 10 years. Uh, I was big in music before I got into crypto. Um, and I got a record deal early in my music career, which is part of what led me down this independent path because it wasn't the best situation for me. Uh, but through that record deal, I took some of the money I had earned, which really wasn't much, and invested that in crypto. And so I started having a lot of success with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's what really opened my eyes to this entire space and the potential for financial freedom from crypto. Um, and that this all really led to the inspiration behind my album, Crypto Rich, which was the first ever crypto rap album. Perfect. Uh, you know, great intro there, Dill, of kind of how you get started. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, the crypto space well, and then we've got this surgence of NFTs. So how did you, you know, uh, transition and say, hey, I should do my album and songs as NFTs and get involved personally with music NFTs. So this all started really from joining two passions that I had together. So I had been an independent artist for a few years. I went on tour. I did 50 to 100 shows around the country. Uh, my biggest hit single is Platinum, closing in on multi-platinum. We have to get it re-audited for the double plaque. Um, but I've had some success through the traditional industry. And I did a deal with a record label, which definitely helped me get my foot in the door. But it ended up being a situation for me that wasn't great. The record label made millions of dollars off the song and I was left with only a very small share of that. And so there's definitely this uh, thing in the record industry where artists get taken advantage of. And so there's some problems with the record industry. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm blessed to have the opportunities that I've had. And a lot of my background has helped me get to where I am today. But now I'm on this mission. And this really comes from the idea that I learned in crypto through Bitcoin and Ethereum, which is this decentralized technology is truly the next path to financial freedom. And it's going to fix a lot of things about the world beyond just music, beyond just financial stuff. Uh, this technology is very far reaching. So I realized this in about 2016, 2017, and I got so deep into the crypto space. At some point, I actually thought I was done with music because I had this great run. Uh, I got to tour around the country and that was about a year or two where everything was going really great. And then I had this decision. I had to either go back and finish my college degree or I would lose my scholarship from the school. And so with everything that happened, I decided to go finish my degree. I was a finance major, so always interested in finance and technology. And I was already halfway done with college when my music started picking up. So I decided to go back and finish. And at some point I was actually like, you know what? Maybe I'm done with music. I've learned a lot about crypto. I've had some success with that. I started a company here in Philly called Advantage Blockchain, which is now a hedge fund, a still active company. I mean, I've been building businesses in the crypto space since 2017. Um, so at some point I thought this would be it for me with music. But then in 2018 and 2019, I had this idea to combine my two passions because the thing is, 
crypto is great. I was having success with it. I enjoyed it, but I didn't have the same type of passion that I did for being in the studio and working on music and the process behind marketing and creating music. I mean, I'm a very creative guy and I like to get that energy out. And sure, it was I was able to do well with crypto. But this is what brought me back to music and the idea with a crypto album. And when I first came out with this in 2019, I would say, yo, I'm making a crypto album. And everybody would look at me like I had two heads. Like nobody understands what a crypto album is. I think still to this day, people don't really understand what I'm talking about. So this is a crypto themed album where a lot of what I'm rapping about is cryptocurrency. I'm talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum and blockchain. But I did it in a, a very fun and appealing way. It's not like every bar is a nerd dirty rap line about crypto. It's like I worked in some of these concepts that I was already living in the real world, being in crypto for a few years and working that into my music. So you know how rappers are always talking about cars and cash and girls and clothes and luxury items. It's like the next wave is rappers are going to be talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum, investments in crypto, different cryptocurrencies, you know, pump and dump, whatever we see going on in the space, utility, um, you know, you see all different things, NFTs. So this is going to be a part of music and crypto rich is really a transformative piece being the first crypto centric album themed all about crypto uh, but i think what's really amazing about it is it started to break into the mainstream and proven that it has this real appeal uh, it just passed over two million streams and it's currently the top crypto themed title out there and, and it was the only album that was crypto themed so for example Soldier Boy, always going to say he did it first. In this case, he made the first Bitcoin song. He made a single about crypto called Bitcoin. I think it was 2016. I made the first album that was fully crypto themed. And for me as an artist, that's my only album, my debut album. So I really put my entire career on the line. I have almost a million monthly listeners. And my whole idea goes back to this concept of I want to inspire people to see what I saw, people who are on my platform who listen to my music, which is the future of financial and creative freedom. And the creative part comes from what's happening with NFTs, because NFTs are actually enabling creatives to get the funding to do what they want to do, specifically in music. So this whole idea behind Crypto Rich, it's a lot more than just a fun album. It's a lot more than just dope party music. It's really a movement with my community to bring financial freedom and creative freedom to people. And if my album can just be a little piece of inspiration that people out there can listen and enjoy the content, and it might not convince them to go look up Smart Contract the next day, but maybe they'll hear the music and it'll be one thing that inspires their long-time journey. Um, so that's really the, the whole mission behind Crypto Rich. And now my community of collectors gets rewarded as my album grows. So instead of the major label getting this huge cut of my work, I get to share in my success with the community around me. Awesome. You know, yeah, we hear all the time about, you know, musicians with streaming, you know, making fractions of a penny, you know, for each time it's listened to. So I, I love the discussion of, you know, uh, decentralization in the music industry and, you know, really uh, helping with your success, you know, and being rewarded along the way. So Crypto Rich was uh, launched as an album and then you also have singles available as NFTs. Can you just tell us, you know, uh, Crypto Rich as an NFT in those singles, you know, how can people buy those? What are the prices? And, uh, uh, you know, why are you so excited about this? 
Yeah, so I've taken a lot of inspiration from the things we've seen work with CryptoPunks, Bored Ape Yacht Clubs, the 10K collections, and other collections in the space. So one thing that's really important with all NFTs is that you have some aspect of rarity. And so for my album, I've created rarity by doing different versions of the NFT based on what product you buy. So you can own a one-of-one one rare NFT that's based on a single song off the album. So some of the ones that have already been purchased are Treat Myself. Treat Myself is a dope summer vibe song that my homie Goldsteller from Speakerheads purchased. Um, we have my song Aliens. Aliens is an awesome song about how aliens are real on the Crypto Rich album. And actually, my girlfriend, who's investing in crypto all year, took her own money and bought this Aliens one-of-one. One. Why? Because it was her favorite song on the album. So she just came around after due time and it was like i want to own this one of one single um so another one that has sold is the big facts single this uh, collector named raul purchased the big facts single he was the first collector to mint a one of one from my collection and by doing that i offered him a platinum trading card and so my platinum trading cards that's a whole nother release it's right there on the screen now and so I was hitting up collectors saying, hey, first person to mint this one of one is going to get a free platinum trading card. Now that platinum trading card that he got for free is worth the same amount as what he paid for the one of one. So it's like I've been rewarding my collectors and I'm very forward about about how I get these sales and, and how I make these things happen. You have to connect with people individually. You have to find supporters in the NFT and crypto community. But the opportunity is there. And there's the big fact single that Raul bought. There's the alien single that uh, Brianna bought. And there's the treat myself that uh, Goldseller bought. So those are just three of the NFTs that have already sold. They're each connected to a song. Uh, two of the, One of them, Treat Myself, already has a music video out there. Awesome music video on YouTube. Uh, I made it myself. It's Philly-based. I made it with my homie Mike Chisholm. We do all of this stuff in-house. Uh, I do a lot of it independently. I fund and direct everything. So all of these NFT sales are really going to fund the content around this album and to help me do all the creative that's going to make the album huge long term. So I've been doing this for the last almost 10 years in the music industry. And the key part about my NFT is you can go out there, you can watch the music videos, you can listen to the music, you can look at my show history and watch my vlogs and information about my touring. This NFT is connected to an entire background and my whole history and my whole career. So there is already a beta version of all the things that are coming when I get more funding through NFTs. I even have a game that you can play. It's called the Crypto Rich Mobile Game. Uh, you can go to my website, itslit.org slash game, and you can play this game, which has my music in it and some of my characters. It's the first music NFT with a game, as far as I know. And I've even made that game play to earn. I've sent out, I think, three to five NFTs just in the past few weeks to people who are playing the game in my Discord, and they're enjoying it. And it's like, yeah, my NFTs are not linked directly to the game, but I've made it fun for my audience. And this is a game that I've had for a little while. So the content around my NFT is very deep and expansive, but ultimately it works in the same way that it, it you would think a traditional JPEG or PFP would. It's just that the content behind this is a whole album and a whole world of things that I do in the traditional music industry. Yeah, there you go. Let's see your high score. Yo, get a high score right now and I'll give you an NFT. So this game also has all my music playing in it. Uh, it was made by my homie Shane, Shane Olympia. He's a great dev and he made this for me just for fun last year. So the content behind this album is very expansive. 
And you also are buying into a piece of an album that already has 2 million streams. I mean, in my opinion, this album is on the trajectory to be the top number one crypto album. It already is. Uh, there's no other crypto album that has millions of streams and tons of music videos. Uh, so, yeah. And I see some questions in the chat. Can you get a sample of some of the beats? Uh, can you use the music for different things? If you buy the NFT, you can use my music in different use cases, right? You don't get commercial rights to the music, but you're certainly able to download that music and use it in different things. And so my music's available on TikTok. It's available on Instagram stories, everywhere that you would find other music. And so that's what I think is important too. NFT music should be available as many places as possible so that it can really go viral and people can actually tap into that music in whatever way is best for them. And then they know that by buying the NFT, they can have a piece of the future of that music. That's awesome, man. So one thing about NFTs, right? We've noticed community. Uh, do you have a Discord for your NFT holders? And if so, how active are you in there or how are you shaping the community? Yeah, so my Discord is amazing. We have 1,300 uh, community members so far. It's not massive. It's it's decent size, though, especially for music NFTs. And we have a lot of artists, independent artists, creative, who are interested in the future of music, but also people still learning about NFTs. Uh, so my Discord is dilluminati.com. I have my own onboarding page and website. I've been running this Discord for a while, and NFTs have really become the center of conversation. So I'm constantly help on helping to onboard artists to the space. Uh, I've brought hundreds, maybe thousands of artists into the NFT space. I hold three times a weekly uh, Twitter spaces where I help artists on board. So I'm actually having one tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern on Twitter, where I talk to artists, answer questions, and do all these things. So uh, my community on Twitter is also growing extremely fast. Uh, I've had some tweets really blow up recently talking about my experience with music NFTs. Uh, so between Twitter spaces and my Discord, I help to onboard a lot of artists, and that's where my community lives. Awesome. What kind of VIP features do uh, holders of your NFTs get? Yeah. So first of all, the NFT is a lifetime VIP ticket to all my shows. So the and that's the NFT that's a VIP version. So I, I don't know how much I dove into it, but you have the VIP tier and then you have the trading cards tier. So you may have seen some of the trading cards on OpenSea. Those don't include VIP, but they're a smaller, inexpensive piece of the album. So they come with utility, like being able to download the music, right? And being connected to my Discord and community and having a piece of the album, but they don't include the full VIP. And I just came up with an amazing mechanism actually last week. We're going to be doing a VIP raffle. So when you hold one of the standard cards, a one of 1,000 piece, you have essentially a one of 1,000 chance for a bunch of different drops that I'll raffle off. Whereas if you hold the gold one of 100 or the platinum rare one of 10 piece, you have a higher chance of getting those raffles, right? So the trading cards aren't totally without VIP features, but it's more of a raffle, right? If you want the full VIP program and the most valuable pieces in my set, you buy the VIP NFT, which is your lifetime ticket. It's your annual merch airdrop. So I'm wearing some of the Crypto Rich merch now. You see the hat. Uh, here's the pink Crypto Rich Deluxe shirt. This one's pretty fire. I like it. Um, and so all of this merch, you get airdrop to you. And the way that works is through a Shopify integration. So you're going to get credits to go on my store and select between hundreds of different items that I have connected to my album. I've been making merch for over two years. 
uh, you also are going to get a collectible vinyl sent to you. So I don't have a set date yet, but I am going to be doing a vinyl album of the Crypto Rich album that gets sent to you if you're a VIP holder. So it depends how many VIPs we will have sold by then, but currently I believe it's 218 total possible VIPs with 1,110 total trading cards. So the maximum collector size right now for my collection is thir around 1,300 NFTs and 200 of those could be VIP NFTs. Now, they're not all sold out yet because of the way I did my pricing, but those are some of the features the VIPs get. I'm sure I missed a couple. Oh, of course, NFT airdrops. This is huge. The way, one way that I give value back to my community is continuous airdrops of new NFTs. So if you hold my Crypto Rich VIP, that's my Genesis NFT, my first album, right? I'm a music artist who has built my entire career around NFTs from the start. My first album is available as an NFT. So when you hold Crypto Rich VIP, you're going to get airdropped future NFTs. The first airdrop, what do you think it was? Of course, the trading cards. So all of the VIP holders had a chance to get a rare trading card. So by holding that VIP, you either got sent a gold, a platinum, or a standard trading card. I went a little out of order there, but of course the platinum is the most rare, the gold is the medium, and the standard is, is the least rare. And so uh, the reason I did that, of course, is the RIAA certifications. You know, 500,000 is gold, a million is platinum. And so it's going to be cool when this album actually gets gold certified. Then who knows? People will talk about the gold cards. Uh, when we get platinum, platinum certified, a million sales, people will talk about the platinum cards. Who knows? I might even be able to raffle off a real plaque to one of the card holders. Let's say you hold the gold card. Possibly I can get a gold plaque printed up for the album and raffle it off to one of them. So I'm figuring out and constantly innovating on the utility front and connecting that to everything I'm doing in the real world. Uh, so it's it's constantly evolving. You know, um, I, I consider the, some of the features to be like the game, the fact that there's already a mobile game made. It's not perfect. It's a beta version of what I can build in the future. Right. Another uh, feature, in my opinion, is that you can go on YouTube and you can play my entire album with the Crypto Rich Deluxe NFT going in the background with 19 different songs from YouTube. You also directly support my royalties and allow me to do more creative and essentially create value for the NFT by watching on YouTube, right? So to me, the availability of the music on many different sites is actually a great feature. Awesome. I mean, you, you guys heard it here. If you're watching us live or watching this on replay, you know, if you get one of those VIP NFTs, lifetime access to concerts, you're getting access to merch. You're getting the, you know, the rights to download the songs. Uh, you're getting NFT airdrops and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, very exciting, uh, Dill. You know, we've talked about music NFTs on the show. And my question for you as someone who's done this is, why is it important for musicians to look to NFTs as a new way to monetize content and to connect with their fans? Yeah, I'll give you two of the top reasons, right? Number one is to do fundraising for your music without giving up ownership. That is the key. Now, there's nothing wrong with royalty split NFTs. I think they'll be massive in the future. The idea that fans can crowd share in your royalties. But I think a huge innovation with NFTs is our ability to sell digital collectible artworks and raise funds to build our music career without giving up ownership. So that's a really, really big thing for me. 
Um, the other reason that artists should know about NFTs, um, let me let me hit you with another good one, is that it really gives you the creative freedom to then take that funding and do whatever it is you want with it, right? Um, so as an artist, you can make those decisions yourself about how your funding is used. And so I think the real potential with NFTs is going direct to fan, right? And the network effects of hundreds or thousands of people holding a stake in your music through the nft that's what we're aiming for right what what some people don't understand is the fact that when thousands of fans are actually holding your nft they're that much more likely to show their friends they're that much more likely to put on a music video because they feel connected to that music right when fans have come to your concert in the metaverse it's not going to replace the real world concert it actually improves the odds that a fan comes to your real world concert in my opinion because it's like look you can do a metaverse performance that's one way of interacting and engaging with fans so when you actually come to their city the way i see it is that fans will say oh wow it looks like Dill's in my city. I saw him in the metaverse before. I would love to go to his live show. Or I've got an NFT. I can go to his live show for free. And I got VIP access. And I felt like a VIP at the metaverse show because he was shouting me out in the crowd, right? So for my VIP collectors, it's all about just making this experience uh, really fun and, and one of a kind and exclusive. I'll give you a, a real life example. When I was in New York for NFT NYC, uh, there was this collector, Jera, and he said he was at my event and I couldn't find him. And I was trying to give him one of these hats. OK, I brought some hats to New York just to give them my VIP collectors. And I couldn't find this man. I was looking all over the event. And so eventually I was in this room of people and someone said they knew where he was. So I jump up and I'm like, yo, guys, I got to go find Jera and give him his hat. And I will run and go hunt him down and make sure he gets his hat. And if you're a VIP collector, I'll do the same thing for you. So, uh, I mean, it's just for me, it's about really facilitating genuine connections. It's not that many people that hold my VIP. So any way I can help them out or partner with them and help with their NFTs uh, or just, you know, engage with them. That's what I'm trying to do with the NFT, the music NFT. You mentioned, you know, maybe onboarding other musicians into the NFT space. So I know you probably can't name anyone, right? So I guess my question would be, you know, when you talk to your musician friends, uh, what kind of questions do they have about your NFT and maybe their interest in the space? Uh, you know, what leads them into, uh, you know, launching their own NFTs here? Yeah, well, there's so many artists I've helped on board and we've all helped each other. It's been a process of learning and experimenting. And I continue to learn about new artists and new music artists coming in the space every day. But I think I can give a great example, which is Wes Walker, who is the co-artist from Jordan Belfort with me. So me and Wes go way back. You know, we're friends since kids. Uh, we worked on Jordan Belfort together. We really just made that song on a laptop with our Blue Yeti microphone. And this was back in the day. And that song ended up being this huge hit. And so uh, it's, it's a very organic relationship between me and Wes that went on and we were really successful in music. And now Wes has seen everything I'm done with NFTs. And now he's coming to the space with his own NFTs. And so I'm just really happy to inspire someone like that who's my close friend and bring them into the NFT space because I want to see Wes win. And I want to see other artists win too. But it really means a lot to me when someone close to me can come to this space and hopefully learn something about NFTs and get more funding for their career, right? But 
all artists are enabled in this space. Like that's what it comes down to. And, and I've seen hundreds of artists come to this space with a different approach, uh, different history, different background. I've seen artists who are super successful come to this space. And I've seen artists who have absolutely nothing going on in the traditional world, but they came to NFTs and they've been a huge success. And so that's the key here, the opportunity, the chance to be early to something new and to innovate and to get funding and to change your life with NFTs. Uh, that's the possibility of NFTs in total. And for music NFTs, uh, I'll leave you with this bit, is that I think music NFTs are going to monetize the music industry to a completely new level. When you talk about what a label would pay an artist, that's probably down here. Uh, that's low. Then you talk about, okay, well, if an artist goes without a label and goes independent, they can make all the money from Spotify, Apple Music, and sales themselves. Okay, well, if you're independent with Spotify and Apple Music, you might be up here, right? And you might be able to earn this much. But ultimately, these, these sites like Spotify have a corporate ceiling because their leaders need to make money. And one stat I heard recently is that the CEO of Spotify is worth several magnitudes more than Paul McCartney, and he's never written a song. Right. We're talking he's worth billions and he never has written a song. And that's richer than some of the richest artists in the world. So remember, Spotify is only about here because you have this corporate ceiling set by Spotify, Apple Music and these other players in the industry. NFTs are direct to fan. So what we're doing is we're blowing out the ceiling, right? We can go direct to fan and monetize our content to a new level. I think NFTs are going to be responsible for creating a billion dollar music album within the next five to 10 years. Who knows? It probably will happen quicker than that. And so I've designed Crypto Rich with that in mind. And I'm hoping that one day my collection will be able to be this billion dollar music album, uh, a billion dollars in market cap based on a single NFT for a single album, right? NFT collection for a single album. How do you measure the success of an NFT album and song, you know, in a non-traditional way? Absolutely, a great question. And I, I have a great answer too. The success of an NFT is measured by how much value you create for your community right? If you're measuring the success of your NFT by how much sales you do, and you're just thinking, all I'm doing is selling the music, and then great, I made a million dollars in one day selling my NFT, but there's no plan to make that have value in the secondary market. To me, that's a failure. Success means creating value for your community. So maybe you need to do something that's less hype and less of a pump in the beginning in order to let the value grow over time for your community. Uh, so to me, my measure of success is if I'm creating value for myself and my community. If there's no secondary market for my NFTs, then that's a failure. So secondary market is huge. We need to give our collectors a chance to actually get out and to create value in their own lives, right? My goal is that somebody will believe in crypto rich and they'll buy my NFT now. They'll get in early. And then in the future, I hope they're able to sell that on the secondary market and pay their bills or go on a nice vacation or come to one of my shows and hang on to the NFT and stay with me and just come to my shows and have a, a great time. You know, when my last 10 NFTs sell out at this absurdly high price that I've set, I want to have the biggest crypto rich yacht party that you ever imagined and bring out all my fans and collectors who have supported me for this badass party. And with the traditional music industry, they wouldn't give you the kind of money to do that. But with NFTs, I truly believe I can make this type of funding and this type of value and I'll be able to do crazy things that the music industry, uh, you know, hasn't done before, or hasn't seen before from an independent artist.
Love that. Dude, that's a great answer. Um, Travis Scott, we saw his Fortnite concert, right? I think that's one of the things I see the most when people connect metaverse and artists. And so, you know, we see the metaverse. Do you have any plans of doing that in the future or, you know, more importantly, buying any land in the metaverse to be able to perform concerts in the future? Yeah, man, I'm trying to become a metaverse real estate mogul. You already know. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I wish I could afford some land in the metaverse. And I probably can. I should be looking at the smaller ones and getting involved. But I've performed in Decentraland. I've performed in Crypto Voxels a few times. I really love that format because I get to go yeah. on and I get to share my music videos. I get to show people my content. I get to talk to them. Sometimes I'll do an acapella. Like I'll just rap about Bitcoin. Like I was only 15 sitting in my house bored. I went online to the Silk Road store. I bought some Bitcoin, got it as a sophomore. If I didn't need lunch money, I probably would have bought more. Fast forward to the future, made a <laughs> mill on my computer, grab some ETH, don't buy a loser, right? So this is the type of stuff I do in my metaverse shows. And I make them fun and entertaining all while sitting in my couch in my underwear, right? Like straight up. And so that's what's cool about the metaverse. As an artist, I can have very real experiences with fans without getting off my couch. So it doesn't replace that real world show, but I can connect with fans more. And certainly I would like to have my own venue. I want to make like a crypto rich museum where you like walk in and it's like this album cover, but in the metaverse. And you can like walk around the boat and you can like go up to the aliens and like see all this stuff. So... Um, I think that it's like we're creating an entire world around the album. And like I said, to me, Crypto Rich is so much more than an album. It's a brand and it's a mission that represents financial and creative freedom. And so if we can inspire people with the music, like I said, I don't know if someone's going to listen to my album and then go watch the new podcast about Ethereum because it's just a lot of people just don't care or they just can't stand to listen to all this talk about technology. But if they could listen to my album and then maybe at one point in the future, they'll think, you know what, it's time for me to buy cryptocurrency. And, and my album was one of the inspirations, then great. Like all I'm doing is, is doing my part, hopefully being an inspiration for some, hopefully being an inspiration for other independent artists. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just one person. So uh, I'll, I'll just be planting the seeds for other people to get into crypto and do crypto music in the future. Nice. Are you all in on this NFT album model or do you still, you know, have some traditional, you know, an album releases in the future or are you just saying, screw this, I'm all in NFT? So the NFT is a tool to monetize an album further. It's a new product based on any album. A well-released album should be put out there in the traditional method along with an NFT plan as well. So we need to think about the ways you monetize an album. So uh, at the bottom, you usually let people get your album for free. You know, that's like SoundCloud. That's like uh, even YouTube is usually free. And above that, you have Spotify, Apple Music, the paid sites. They pay slightly more, right? Above that you have let's say uh vinyl sales or cd sales or or vip packages that fans buy and merch right merch is the obvious one that's a it's a higher uh a higher hitter than even spotify and apple music in some sense and so then above that you have tickets for live events concerts shows right those are a great way to monetize music even further and now we have a product that's able to monetize the music by creating a digital asset on top of it. And so that's what's so exciting here is we take the album that's released the traditional way and we have a new asset, kind of like how 
merch is something, a product, right? Merch is a product based on music that you sell. So this is a product based on my album. This is a product based on my album. And when you buy the NFT, that's another product based on my album. It's a digital asset and it has a lot higher value than this stuff because you can trade it and sell it and you can give it to other people online. And it has a completely liquid marketplace. This is cool. This is cool, but you can't just sell it like that. And you can't have value in the future of the artist. Maybe this shirt would be worth something one day, but it'll take a long time and it's hard to keep the quality. It's hard to ship. It's, it's easy to fake, right? We know these things about why NFTs are great, but it's key that people understand all the stuff I'm giving with NFT. That's all extra. The NFT holds most of your value. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, loving this conversation, Dill. Uh, I did see a question earlier in the chat. Um, you know, you just talked about monetization of songs, right? You've got, you know, the free sites, you've got the ones that pay a little bit, and then we move on up. So you're trying to provide, you know, value for your NFT holders. And the question we had from Mike was in regards to royalties. So, you know, down the road, is there any plan to, you know, put royalties from, you know, songs, tickets, merch back into, you know, a pool for the NFT holders, maybe? Yeah. So I want to make sure that I do that in the most compliant and well-structured way possible. Okay. And that's a big consideration. And so I would say in many ways, I'm already driving the value back to my community. When you buy my NFT, you're buying into my years of experience with music. You're buying into my years of experience with content creation and with building this platform that you already see in front of you, right? So I want to give back to my fans. And I also will, for example, through NFT airdrops. By owning that NFT, you're going to get my future music and future airdrops. So that serves a lot of the same functionality as what you're envisioning with a royalty split. Now, that being said, of course, I have plans to offer a fan-based royalty split in the future and a crowdfund. But I see that as a secondary stage of scaling. And here's the reason why. You don't want to sell low on yourself, right? If you can build an NFT community and use the network effects and use the funding and do all those things to drive your royalties up, right? That's what building a business is in music now. You use the funding that you get from a record label or you use the funding that you get from your NFTs even better to then drive the album royalties up. So to me, that's the second stage is after I get my royalties way up and I have a good history and I have something I can actually show for a crowdfund to demonstrate the value of the shares, then I will go forward with a plan like that. And I think that's a, a better vision than trying to sell low on myself. And also there's a lot of complexity when you're doing royalty splits. So I think that sector is going to be massive. I think royalty splits are really important. But for me, that's a that's a next stage of scaling. And of course, who do you think is going to get the best deal on my royalty split crowdfund? Of course, it's the NFT holders, right? So don't think I'm going to leave the NFT holders high and dry when the royalty crowdfund comes. That's the time when they get potentially a bigger benefit from even their original cost of the NFT. I mean, right now, my NFT is half an Ethereum. When it started, it was 0.2. But what some people don't realize is that was like three or $400 at the start. Now, the, the uh, NFT is up a, a few times in Ethereum, but that's also massive multiples in cash because of how much Ethereum has come up. So uh, this NFT was first launched in March 2021, so March of this year. But as we know, the NFT space has exploded in the last uh, nine or 10 months. 
Definitely. All right, Dill. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on, you know, Maz and I both, this has been great insight into music NFTs, right? And how a musician can really, you know, monetize themselves, bet on themselves, but also connect further with the community. I mean, we don't go a single episode of the roadmap without talking about that word, right? Community. So I love what you're doing to connect with fans and really looking forward to following the progress of this album and you in the NFT space. So uh, we'll, we'll have to talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate everyone. And first of all, you guys for hosting and everyone in the chat who's been answering questions. I see one deal. Will you be at Art Basel? I will. I'm oh. going to be speaking a couple times. I'm going to be performing. I'll be down there. I uh, had a great experience at NFT NYC. So I'm um, really looking forward to all that. Also, another big part of what I do is I want to bring people in the NFT community. I do giveaways all the time. So I'd love to give both of you guys one of my standard trading cards, one of 1,000. I'll pay the gas and send it to both of you guys if you'd like a card. So just send me your Ethereum address and I'll send it over to you guys. And for everyone else who's watching or listening in now, check out my Discord. Go join the gaming channel and play the game that we pulled up. I would send you a free card. Go on my Twitter. I'm doing constant Twitter giveaways. I'm doing constant spaces where I answer questions. So I'm happy to bring anyone into my community. Let's get crypto rich. Let's talk. That's the point. We're doing this together. It's a collective of people. We're finding financial freedom and independence as creatives. And we're getting crypto rich, man. That, that's so Let's awesome. Go. And yeah, thanks. Uh, we'll have to connect with you on getting those uh, NFT trading cards. Thank you, Dill. That's a, a great gesture there. And yeah, Logan is actually an employee here at Benzinga. He will be at Art Basel. So, uh, you know, we can connect on, you know, uh, getting you two in contact as well. I dropped the link in the chat again, guys, to check out the album and also to play that game. Um, you know, so you saw it on screen. I know I'm going to be playing it later today because I get addicted to these uh, games. Uh, so, <laughs> Dill, thanks so much for joining us on the roadmap today. Of course. Thanks so much. Stream that Crypto Rich album. There's so many ways to support, even if you just watch a music video. That helps. And if you want to get in, grab the NFT. That's it. Definitely. Love Take it. care, Dill. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Peace. All right, Maz. I mean, music NFTs, right? I, I love this. We, we've talked about it and now we got real world examples, right? And, you know, I, I really like the utility, right? And the, I mean, community, right, Maz? That, that's the number one thing, right? With NFTs. And here you have musicians being able to directly connect with their community via NFTs. What do you think? Yeah, man. Um, it's awesome to see because like Dill said, he's been doing this for a while, you know, back in March, which is considered years in the NFT space. So it's great to see these people that have been doing it, early adopters into this market, hopefully be able to monetize and just not just monetize, but like you saw, lead the way, uh, bring new artists in and, you know, kind of they can see an example of how it's done. So it's cool to see that, you know, I do believe that creators, as we expand Web3 NFTs, you won't need a million followers to monetize. You won't need, you know, to rely on ads. You just need a good concentrated group of community that you build and you will be able to succeed in following that creative vision, which I love because it gives creators control, right? A lot of times that gets lost when you, you get sponsored or you work for a big corporation for albums and things like that. You lose that. So this gives full control of the creator. I'm all for it. Love it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, a great shout out there, Money Mitch, saying hell yeah in the background. Uh, you know, I, I really like the example, right, of, you know, being a with a major label and having, you know, very low monetization, right, very low input, independent, right? And now this bridging the gap, right, and being somewhere yeah. in the middle, right? And, you know, betting on yourself and, you know, the monetization efforts. I, I love that. Maz, we talked earlier this week, right, that we had, you know, Post Malone buying Bored Apes, and he showed a Bored Ape in his music video, right? So he's getting more into NFTs. We got Timbaland, which you talked about at the start. We also have Universal Music Group actually launching a band using four Bored Apes as the, you know, band members, similar to nice. Gorillaz. So we're really starting to, I think, see this transition into music NFTs. And, you know, Maz, love that question about, you know, the metaverse, right? And, you know, we got Sandbox, we got Decentraland really starting to increase in value, right? Because everyone's trying to get virtual land. And I think we're going to see musicians really take advantage of playing virtual concerts, right? Connecting with fans, you know, in the metaverse, right? And that's just so exciting and another great way where NFTs can really, you know, push the needle forward. Yeah. And like Dill said, you know, you're the artist, you can be in your couch on your under with your underwear on performing for, you know, the whole world in the, in the metaverse. Um, it just brings you it just takes that roadblock away right you have access to so many more people that you would never have access to uh before so yeah as an artist as a creative dude it's the best time to be alive right now definitely all right guys well if you enjoyed that segment on music nfts definitely gotta smash the like down below right now subscribe to our youtube channel on benzinga and let us know in the comments we, we may have some more guests on in the future to talk more about music NFTs because, again, it's so exciting. Maz, I, 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 I hate to transition away from music, right, because that's so exciting. I want to talk a little bit about some news items that we had to cover today. So one of the items that I wrote about today, this has been a hot topic, right? We've seen major corporations, you know, Disney, Hasbro, uh, Mattel, uh, Funko and others get into the NFT space. We're also seeing, you know, famous artists, celebrities, and now we have an animator from two of the biggest animated series out there, uh, The Simpsons and Rick and Morty, launching a character-driven NFT series. So this is going to be called the Mogies. These will be mm -hmm. released and they will celebrate uh, Tinseltown in 1923. So Hollywood, uh, look at that image. So we've got, you know, movie based kind of cute looking PFPs, right? You got Harley Quinn, you got Forrest Gump. I mean, Jack Sparrow there, uh, you know, so this is an interesting one. It's a combination of mogul productions partnering with, uh, Shavo studios. So the animator of the Simpsons, Rick and Morty and King of the Hill, Eric Tran, is creating these NFTs. And Mogul has actually launched NFTs before for the Stan Lee family, Ja Rule, and the Wolf of Wall Street movie. Um, you know, so definitely not new to the space, but I hadn't really heard of it before I wrote this article. But Maz, what do you think of those uh, those NFTs? I mean, we, we talk about cute looking PFPs all the time. Here you have some movie-based, you know, cute PFPs. What do you think and which of those six, uh, you know, would you want to own? Um, if I had to pick out of these six, I like the Fresh Prince one. That one's pretty dope. Harley <laughs> yeah, Quinn's cool as well. Um, it's interesting to see this, man. Again, it's interesting to see these, and it's happening so fast. You know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these artists, companies, they're they're jumping in, right? They're jumping in now. Uh, it seems like we're seeing a gold rush. Um, 
I'm curious to see how this turns out though, you know, in a month, a year, you know, see how it works, right? Because so they're launching this on what? It's not on the ETH chain, right? No, it's it's not on ETH. And again, Mogul Productions, you know, I, I haven't really heard of. They've done these NFTs before. The one thing I will say, Maz, is that they plan on doing a animated series in the future where holders yeah. will get input on their characters, right? So you have a major animator who's got a history. We saw what, you know, Stoner Cats did, right, where they're launching a series um, we're seeing that with some other projects, you know, Crypto Dad's talking about doing a TV show or a, a movie. Uh, so that's where kind of I think this one's interesting, trying to, you know, do the series right off the bat, but having a person with animation experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be exciting to see how it turns out. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, so we like to keep track of all the projects that come on board here for our interviews. So Chris, did you see the Doge Pound who we've had on? Great team. They're doing Christmas puppies and they tease the image here, which we'll put up here. Um, oh my goodness. Yes. What do you think, look man? At, look at that. <laughs> I mean, Maz, the project that keeps delivering, right? We we had the team on. The floor was like 0.8. I mean, it's it's well above that now. Plus, you got a free puppy, and now you got, you know, they did Halloween puppies, right? We showed yeah. those images before, the Pennywise-themed ones and others. Now you got Christmas puppies coming. I mean, we saw the Winter Bears, you know, this past month, Maz, really kind of take off as a PFP and a Christmas theme. And I still think that one could get a nice run, you know, going into Christmas. Doge Pound puppies right around Christmas time. I mean, I feel like those could have some value, even if temporarily as a PFP. So my question is, Chris, I know you. Uh, so if you own a puppy, is this a new mint or are they just adding these features to your current puppy that you own that you will rock for like the holiday season? My understanding, and you know, we'll have to reach out or if someone in the chat is that this is a completely new mint. Um, yeah. And I don't know the rules because remember those Halloween Doge, you had to own a original Doge Pound and a Doge Pound puppy. I don't mm. know what the requirements are for the Christmas puppy. If you have to own both or maybe you just have to own a puppy. Um, but very interesting question there, Maz. But again, I mean, they just they've got this roadmap going forward and they're, you know, providing whitelist access to some new mints. They're working on a, a game, and now you've got, you know, additional NFTs, Halloween and Christmas. So kind of like I said, you know, that project that keeps delivering, again, not financial advice, but we have had the team on, and, you know, we, we've definitely gotten some alpha from them along the way. Maz, you know, one of the things we do on the show is we talk education, right? And, you know, we, we talk the positives of the NFT market. And just like yesterday... Along with the positives, there are some negatives that happen sometimes. So I actually firsthand experienced that today um, where I was the member of a whitelist for uh, Project uh, Draca, a mm. dragon-based NFT, right? And this was going to be a, a small one, 999 pieces. Um, so I was pretty excited to get on the whitelist. You know, there was some hype with this project, a big following, and then they had problems with their contracts, right? So I tried to mint during the whitelist. Uh, it was, you know, recommending super high gas. Contract was all messed up. Some people called that out and said, you know, they need to fix the contract. And Maz, oh, Maz, uh, instead of fixing <laughs> that contract, do you know what they did? 
they no, decided sorry. they decided to just stealth drop and do a uh... public mint instead. And you know, of course, the people that had white whitelist access didn't get first access anymore, right? So they all of a sudden all these people jumped in, they minted it, and it was sold out again. I mean, only 999. There were 650 people on the whitelist. And Maz, I think when I looked, around 200 had been minted before they started the public mint. So, I mean, you got 450 people, uh, myself included, that were part of a whitelist that ended up with nothing, right? And they said, you saw that tweet there on the screen, they said that they are going to uh, quote-unquote compensate me, right, for being on the whitelist and not minting. Um, uh, again, guys, uh, this is a, a fast-moving space. They admitted that one of their developers left in the middle of the mint because of that contract. So they now have no developer. They have been very vague in their Discord, but they are refunding people their gas and they're tracking a wallet and showing people that they're doing that. Maz, I, I watched this floor drop, right? We had sales of one ETH and then it dropped all the way down. We had a floor of 0.18, I believe. And now it is back up to almost 0.4. What do you think, you know, long-term, can a project survive if they make this right and they say, hey, we're going to refund gas? And, you know, with that being said, what kind of compensation can they really give to whitelist members without, you know, hurting themselves uh, dollar-wise? Yeah. So first things first, you know, one thing I've seen in this space a lot is these launches, they're never perfect, right? Having the contracts ready, having the right devs that are knowledgeable for situations like this. It seems like it's it's very, uh, you know, there's a low supply of that. So I've seen plenty of launches go wrong. The thing is, what do they do now, right? Can Admitting they've messed up is a great first step, you know? Now, can they make right with the community it's going to determine whether this project, you know, has long run potential or not, you know, because we all make mistakes. These projects are not as simple. This community, you've been in the Discord, is absolutely insane in there. Uh, people were fighting for whitelist spots. You know, there was a lot of engagement. Um, so let's see, you know, let's not count them out just yet. Hopefully they can come back from this and make it right. You know, say, stating that they're going to refund failed transactions. Great. Now we want to see it. Hopefully, you know, you do. And hopefully they help with the whitelist, right? Because you spent time trying to get on that whitelist, Chris. You were in, you put time and effort to engage yep. with that community because you like the project. So again, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't want to count them out just yet, but I do want to see what they do. And this is, will be a great example for other projects that launch in the future. Can you fix mistakes? Absolutely. Depending on the mistake, obviously, right? You don't want to rug your community and you can't fix that. But depending on the mistake, you can fix it. So all eyes on them. Ah, pressure balls on their courts. Let's see it. You know, Maz, this is a great example of having a dox team and an undox team. And what I mean by that is that yeah. Project Draca, their three creators all have separate Twitter profiles, right? Linked in the Draca Twitter. One of them is actually a pretty famous Twitch streamer. So again, he he is committed to this project and he was the face of it. If this ends up being a, a complete rug, right, you know, they mm -hmm. end up just disbanding this project, not, you know, compensating, not refunding, that could hurt his reputation, right? Because he's doxxed. He was known yeah. as one of the creators of this project. And again, whether or not it was his fault, right, because he's not the developer, he didn't, you know, necessarily screw up the contract, but there's some pressure on him now 
to make this right or his yeah. reputation could kind of take a hit. What do you think of that, Maz? You know, docs versus undocs, making sure you don't hurt yourself going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. If he wasn't docs, you know, the team's on docs, they messed up. It's probably easier for them to just leave. Yeah. Come bye back bye. in a come back in a couple months or just leave, <laughs> take their money out. And, and launch a it. new project. Yeah, launch a new project, maybe under a different alias or fully doxxed, right? We never know. So that's the risk we take when we get into projects with a anonymous got team. So always look out for that as well. I've noticed that as well. When they are doxxed, they have more pressure and more duty to make it right. So perfect example, Chris. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, though, before we end today's show, I don't know if you guys saw. So Tyga tweeted, uh, I think yesterday, I believe, he sold his punk to buy a punk derivative, Funk. Have you seen that, Chris? Oh, the Funks. I have seen the Funks. I didn't know that he sold one. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe we can pull out the tweet. So he yeah. announced that he announced he sold it yesterday to buy more Funks, which brings the discussion. Do punk derivatives have a long-term value in this community, right? Uh, in the NFT space? Because, I mean, that's a big move to sell your punk. Maybe he just wanted a reason to take profits. Uh, but to do that, that was awesome. So I think that brings the discussion open to punk derivatives if they have room to run and if so which ones right yeah and i mean didn't larva labs the creator of uh crypto punks didn't they sue funks at one point wasn't that you know a big discussion too of you know whether or not that lawsuit will actually bring merit but also it kind of divided the community right because it looked like a lot of crypto punk holders were kind of upset that larva labs you know was suing this derivative and that's one of those things we talked about, Maz, with all these board Ape derivatives, right? We saw yeah. some of them launch, and a lot of times it depends on if the actual board Ape community gives their blessing to the derivative of whether or not it actually mints out, has lasting power, you know, because we saw some of these, you know, these baby Ape projects, right, where the community didn't really get behind them. Then we saw others where the community and, you know, some Ape members said, yeah, I, I like this. Sure, why not? And, you know, again, a lot of times these these derivatives offer early access to the holders, but that's kind of where that punks versus apes debate comes to because, you know, crypto punks, Larva Labs is going to monetize down the road, hopefully, because they signed with that talent agency. But ever since the Mebits drop, crypto punks hasn't really done much for, you know, other than the price of the actual punk going up, you haven't really gotten you know, uh, derivatives or new NFT drops like you have with Bored Apes. Yeah. And you brought a, a good example there about, you know, asking for permission. A perfect example. There was a project that launched yesterday, Full Body Ape Club. So this was made by an original, uh, he's a Bored Ape Yacht Club member. So he asked permission from the founders and they said yes. But the way he did it is interesting, Chris, because he only allowed Bored Ape members to mint. So we couldn't mint if we weren't Bored Ape members. It gave them access to mint three pieces. So most board eight members minted three. They sold one or two in resale. They made profit. They kept a piece of the project. And yeah, it sold out. So I think that's interesting because you bring value to the apes. And you also bring value to the secondary market. And, you know, that's the right way of doing derivative from a popular, you know, for the board apes accepted it. They, they completely are okay with it. So I think that's a cool way to approach it. Yeah, I mean, and I love this one, uh, you know, full body, uh, ape. This, this was an interesting one. And I really like what you said, Maz, right? They asked for permission and also only allowed board ape holders to mint. A lot of times we see with the apes, right, where board ape members maybe get like whitelist or pre-sale. 
but they yeah. usually do a public sale too, right? So then if apes decide we're not going to mint this, the project can still sell out without the apes. It's just less likely. But getting that permission and really, you know, connecting with the community, I mean, look at the success it had, right? I think it was 0 0.06 to mint. Um, yeah. The floor, I, I think the floor was 0.2 this morning when I looked, but I mean, it was going up to like 0 0.6, 0 0.7 yesterday. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're back up 0.268. I mean, so again, a perfect example, if you own an ape, you don't have to sell your ape. You can get in on some of these derivatives and you can make money. Like yeah, that's exactly. your dividends. That's your dividends. It's like owning mm -hmm. a stock that pays you each year, right? To just hold it. And, and mm -hmm. that's why, again, I kind of support the apes versus the punks long-term because I think there's more value, uh, you know, but it, that's an interesting debate. And if you guys missed yesterday's episode, definitely go back and watch that because Maz and I talked about bored apes for a long time. We also asked people if, you know, you would rather own an ape or a crypto punk long-term, which I think is a great debate from our community here. Maz, before we go, just another call here on our community, right? There's a lot of people watching this. We also get a ton of people that watch these videos after they air. So make sure you leave a comment after it airs. Let us know though, which communities, which NFTs, which teams do you want to see on future episodes, right? We love doing these guest interviews with the teams and we've had some big, big teams on Maz, but we want more projects on. And I mean, Maz, there's thousands of NFTs out there. We don't know them all, right? We can't keep track of them all. So we want the community hit up your, your discord, right? If you're in a discord, say, Hey, let you guys, the founders of this project, go on Benzinga, right, to talk about this project. So let us know in the chat and let us know in the comments, you know, who you want to see on future episodes. Yeah, well said, Chris. Awesome. Well, guys, that's going to do it for today. Uh, you know, we will be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Again, the roadmap airing Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. A uh, big shout out to Dill. Uh, for joining us on the stream today to talk about his rap album NFT and also provide a ton of insight and knowledge about music NFTs. So, but take care everyone and we will see you tomorrow. Peace. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.